right, good evening, good evening. How's everybody doing tonight? That was very weak. How's everybody doing tonight? All right, well, let's just take a moment. Everybody stand up, stand up, find 57 people you don't know and shake their hand. Everybody found 57 people, 57 different people you did not know. That would be amazing if you were able to do that, all right? Did anybody get 56 at least, maybe? All right, okay. Hey, the bad jokes are just going to keep on coming, so you better get ready, okay? All right, go ahead and grab your Bibles. Go ahead and grab your Bibles. Uh, Turn with me to Hebrews uh, chapter 11, Hebrews chapter 11. So go ahead and grab your Bibles and get there. And when you get to Hebrews chapter 11, then um, kind of put your, um, I don't know what this is called, I guess we'll call it a Bible bookmark or whatever, uh, put that in Hebrews and then move over to uh, Luke 7. So Hebrews chapter 11 and then Hebrews, or excuse me, Luke 7, Hebrews chapter 11, Luke 7, all right? As you're turning there and getting there, I still hear the pages rattling. I'll, I'll, I'll kind of introduce myself. Uh, my name is Buchanan Jackson. I'm the Life Groups Pastor here at Temple. Uh, I will say, and, and I know it's been a, a little bit different the past couple weeks, your pastor is still um, investing into uh, TSM and investing into those young people. Um, so I'm very thankful that we have a pastor that in this time of transition that we're in, that he has continued to invest and put his time and energy down there. Um, so be thankful for your pastor that he doesn't just love um, just one part of the church, but the whole entire church. Amen? And, um, and then also, uh, two weeks ago, we did uh, something we, I guess we call tag team preaching. Tag team preaching. How many of y'all had fun with tag team preaching? All right. Okay, that's not happening tonight, okay? So, so I think some of y'all are like, oh man, we only get Buchanan for 15 minutes. Hallelujah. No, you get me for a solid hour, a solid hour tonight. Man, I got my cheering fan club over here. You know, that's my section. All right, so you'll give me for a solid hour, but we're going to have a really good time. Um, How are y'all excited about hearing from God's Word tonight? Amen. Amen. All right, so if you're in uh, Hebrews chapter 11, hopefully you've got enough time to get there. Um, Everybody there say amen. Amen. All right, we're going to start and uh, we're going to read verse 1 and then we're going to drop down to verse 6. And it says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. I'll read verse 1 again. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And we drop down to to verse 6, and it says, But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Lord, we love you, we thank you, Lord, we thank you for what you're doing Lord, how you're moving in Temple Baptist Church. 
Um, Lord, we're so thankful for our pastor and, Lord, what he does to, to be an encouragement and a blessing to um, the whole entire church, not just one part of the other. Um, Lord, I, I pray specifically tonight, Lord God, that you would um, use me, Lord, that you would speak through me, Lord God. Uh, Lord, that there would be nothing said out of turn, but that everything would be said with the guidance of the Holy Spirit tonight. Lord, we just love you. We thank you. We pray all these things in your wonderful name. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. All right. Well, tonight, if you didn't know, going from that uh, part right there, we're going to talk about the subject of faith. Faith. And not just regular faith. We're going to talk about great faith. Great faith tonight. So in, 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 in right here on um, verse 1, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The substance. Substance is something you can touch, something that's tangible. The substance of things hoped for is faith. The evidence of things not seen. So when I can't see things, the evidence that I know that something is ahead is faith. It's faith. And it does say, without faith it's impossible to please God. So obviously God wants us to have faith, right? He wants us to have faith. He wants us to have great faith. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So God wants us to seek him and have faith, and he's a rewarder of those that have faith. So, we're going to ask a couple questions tonight throughout the time, and we're going to have a little bit of fun. But I want to ask you a, a, a kind of an introductory question. If I was to go from a scale of 1 to 10, where would you measure your faith right now? 1 to 10. Okay, now nobody in here can be a 10 because there's only one 10, and that's Jesus. Okay, so you can't be a 10. And I guess we'll put Satan over there at the other end, okay? He, he has faith, but you probably don't like to use it in the right way. So you're not a 1. Okay, so what would you measure your faith? One to ten. One to ten. Now, I'm going to give you, I'm going to ask a couple questions that would kind of help you determine where you should be on that scale. How, let me ask this first question. How would the world be different? How would the world be different if God answered every single prayer you prayed last week? How would this world be different? Okay, if you're a 7 or an 8, world hunger, we got it. Cancer, gone. Mass revivals, happening right now. Because you're a 7 or 8. You've been praying for all those things last week, and that's what's going to happen, right? Okay? How would the world be different? Um, if you were a 1 or a 2, uh, maybe you didn't pray anything <laughs> last week. Maybe nothing changed in the world because of your prayers last week. Now let's make it a little more personal. More specifically, how would, or, or asking this question yourself, how would my world be different if God answered all my prayers last week? How would my world be different? You know, if it's, if it's a situation of, you know, I'm a one or a two, would the only thing that we would say that my world would be different was the fact that my food was really blessed. Because the only prayer I prayed last week was, thank you, Lord, for my food. It's the only thing you said to God. Thank you, Lord, for my food. And you know, bless the hands that prepare it. Okay? That may be a one or a two. Now, I know some of y'all, you're, you're serious about your food, and you probably take the next 15 minutes just to pray 
holy blessing over everything that's going to happen, all right? But I would say probably, would, if you would agree, the only prayer you prayed last week is that you blessed your food. That would probably put you in, if we were just based on last week, I know you got a lot of faith, but just based on last week, probably be a one, two, or a three. But if we were a seven or an eight or a nine, we would have family members that would know Christ. We would have family members that had cancer be healed. We would see, you know, we would see our ministries um, be moving forward and experiencing great things. We'd be seeing all these things because we prayed specifically for God to move with faith, believing that God could do it. All right, so, so we all, we, now we have a perspective. Last week, all the prayers you prayed, God said yes, and it immediately happened. God said yes, yes, whatever you want, yes, immediately happened. Some of you are like, man, I wish I'd have known that. Million dollars coming my way right now, okay? But if that's, if you look at that situation and say, last week, all the prayers I prayed completely answered. If those were big, huge, awesome things that God did, we would probably put ourselves at a 7, 8, or a 9. But if the only thing we can say is that either the fact that my world wouldn't change at all because I didn't pray one time to God last week or a situation where the only thing I've got to hang my hat on is the fact that my food was really blessed, extremely blessed, then maybe we'd be more like a 2 or a 3, okay? Now, we're not going to go around and ask everybody's number. Wouldn't that be weird? You know, <laughs> what's your number? Okay. Don't, nobody walk out of here tonight and say, hey, by the way, what's your number? Okay. That's something personal. Okay. Everybody struggles with different things and that's my business. That's your business. We'll leave it alone. Okay. But I will say this, whatever your number is, does it bother you where your number sits today? Does it bother you? If you're a one or a two or a three, does it bother you? When you look at your life and you look at your prayer life, that the fact of how much faith you have in God is more like a one, two, or three. Even if you're like, man, I've, so many things have been happening and I'm praying, believing, and God's doing all that, and I'm a solid six or a solid seven, does that bother you a little bit? Would you rather be at an eight or a nine and believe God for even greater things and bigger things? Okay? So now that we've determined our scale about where we are on faith, let's talk about some areas where we need to show great faith. Now, we're going to talk about two areas tonight. How many? How many? Okay. This will be easy to remember tonight. I have two points. All right? Nobody had outlines. Everybody's wondering, why don't you have an outline? Because I only had two points. That would be a really sad outline if you'd have picked up an outline and had a bunch of verses and two blanks. Okay? You've been thought, man, this is going to be short. And it may be. We never know. Okay? But there's two, er two specific areas where we need to show great faith. One is we need to have great faith in asking, great faith in asking, and great faith in acting. Asking and acting. Great faith in asking, great faith in, in acting. You got it? Kenneth, you got a, you got a question? I've got to say something. Okay. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. 
Amen. Amen. Well, there you go. Right. I like it. Well, God's been a big part of that. <laughs> but it's worked. And I believe in it firmly now, and I pray daily over my food. I pray over everything I can pray over work, days, wife, money, all of it. Amen. Amen. Let's give God praise right there. Amen. Uh, Kenneth, I'm excited about that, but I'm a little mad at you because you stole my fire, okay? All right? I had this big old ending. It was going to be boom, and I'm like, yeah, okay, no. Uh, but I will say, and, and this is a point to that in the sense of probably there were times when you were praying in that situation, and you were believing you had, had faith that God was going to do it, but there were times probably you wavered a little bit. Um, but in that same sense, when God did answer that prayer, what did that make your faith even go? And what you said, it became a 9 or a 10. It went even higher. So that's what's awesome. When God does move, and we see him moving that way, our faith just grows even more. So that wasn't even in the message. You're awesome, Kenneth. I appreciate your encouragement. All right. So great faith in asking, great faith in acting. So let's first talk about great faith in asking. Everybody, I told you all to kind of put your marker there on Hebrews, and now we're going to move over to Luke 7. So go ahead and turn over to Luke 7. Luke 7. Now, before, the, before we go there, I, I do have to be kind of uh, transparent in the sense of uh, God's been dealing with me about this message for about uh, eight months, <laughs> uh, and I've kind of been holding it back just because I didn't, uh, I didn't know when he wanted me to use it or whatever, but, but a lot of this, and we'll come to a story, a, a personal story for me, how God helped me, um, but what it is, and, and I want you to know from where these verses are coming from, this is where I was in my daily Bible reading. Um, I started in Luke chapter 1, I was already in Matthew and Mark, and I started in Luke chapter 1, January 1st, and I read uh, what we're going to look at in just a minute, Luke chapter 4 on day number 4, I looked at Luke chapter 7 on day number 7, so I will tell you from the standpoint of, and I'm a big proponent about this, just reading one chapter a day, one chapter a day, God showed me something, one chapter a day, in, in the sense of God showed me something and helped me, and I was able to take what God showed me in his word, apply it to my life, and I saw results. So I encourage you, if you're not doing that on a daily basis, pick up your Bible, read one chapter a day. I promise you God has something for you each and every day. All right, so great faith in asking. Let's look at um, Luke 7, uh, 1 through 10. 1 through 10. Everybody there at Luke 7? All right, now, when he had, had ended all his sayings in the audience of the people, he entered into Capernaum, and a certain centurion's servant, who was dear unto him, was sick and ready to die. When he heard of Jesus, he sent unto him the elders of the Jews, beseeching him that he would come and heal his servant. And when they came to Jesus, they besought him instantly, saying that he was worthy for whom he should do this. For he loveth our nation, he hath built us a synagogue. Then Jesus went with them, and when he was now not far from the house, the centurion sent friends to him, saying unto him, Lord, trouble not thyself, for I am not worthy that thou shouldst enter under my roof. Wherefore, neither thought I myself worthy to come unto thee, but say in a word, 
and my servant shall be healed. For I also am a man set under authority, having under me soldiers, and I say unto one, Go, and he goeth, and to another, Come, and he cometh, and to my servant, Do this, and he doeth it. When Jesus heard these things, he marveled at him, and he turned about and said said unto the people that followed him, I say unto you, I have found so great faith. Say that again. I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. I say unto you, I I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. Jesus saw what the centurion was doing, saying, okay, here's a guy that's sick. Jesus is ready immediately. I'm going to go that way. I'm going to go in here. I'm going to touch this guy. He's going to be healed. And, And he's going towards that house. And the centurion sends servants and says, wait, I'm not even worthy for you to come in my roof. I'm not even worthy to even come into your presence. But I believe you, God. I believe you just at your word that my servant will be healed. He showed great faith in this, didn't he? He showed great faith. He believed that if he, had, he, he went to Jesus and he had a problem that Jesus could answer, right? He believed. He believed 100% that if I have a need, my servant is sick. If I go to Jesus, he's going to be able to fix the problem, 100%. I don't, he doesn't have to come here. I don't have to go there. Just the fact he speaks the word, my servant will be healed. Now, would you agree that that is great faith? That was great faith that you saw there, okay? Now, let me ask on our prayer life, on, on when we ask, when we ask, when we pray, do we come boldly and confidently to God, or do we, or do we try to give God a loophole? <coughs> do we try to give God a loophole? Philippians 4, 16, be careful for nothing, but in everything, how many things in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be made known unto God (coughs) sometimes God doesn't answer our prayers because we don't take the time to actually ask God for the things that we have need for he's saying over here you know what everything everything by prayer and supplication let your requests be made known unto God James 4 2 James 4, 2, and I've, I've kind of misquoted this verse, so I'm, I'm going to apologize right there, not in the sense of saying it wrong, but emphasizing the wrong words. It says, you lust and have not, you kill and desire to have, excuse me, James 4, 2, you lust and have not, you kill and desire to have, and cannot obtain. You fight and war, yet ye have not, because ye has not. And the reason why I, I was saying misquoted, I always want to say, you have not, because you ask not. But it's in these situations, he's saying, you fight in war and you have not. Because you ask not. So it's not just the fact of you have not because you ask not, but it's saying, you know what? You have desires, you have lust, but you don't have them. You, you kill and desire to have it, but you can't obtain it. And you fight in war, yet you have not. Because you ask not. How many times, and I'm guilty of this, and maybe it's a man thing. There's probably women that do the same thing. There's a problem. Guess what? It's my responsibility to what? It's my. It's whose responsibility? It's my responsibility to fix it. I got a problem. I got an issue. I'm going to fix this. I'm the man. I'll make it happen. 
I'll figure it out. I may try 15 different ways. That's probably not going to work anyways, but I'm going to figure it out because that's my responsibility because I'm the man and I can fix things. You got to say it like that too. Yeah. So you got to grunt like Tim Taylor. Oh, 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 oh. Fix things. What's funny is I'm the, I'm the most least handy man you've ever seen in my entire life and in, in y'all's entire life, not mine. When I married my wife, or when I was, I was dating my wife, um, her, her family would say, I don't care what kind of man you find, he just needs to either be handy around the house or a mechanic. <laughs> I promise you, they didn't say, I hope he talks a lot, okay? Because I'm really good at that part. I'm really good at talking a lot. I, you open up the hood of a car, and I'm, it's like a puzzle. <laughs> I'm like... And I'm not taking anything apart because I don't know how to put it back together, okay? And I'm not handy, okay? I'm not handy. I try some things, but I'm one of those, I guess I'm, I'm a little cheap too. So I'm thinking in my mind, how much money will it cost for me to hire somebody to fix the thing that I'm going to try to fix, okay? So usually what I do is I go ahead and hire the person to do it, pay the money, instead of trying to spend twice the amount of money to do that. Okay, so I don't know where we got there, but hey, we're here, all right? But I fix things. I fix things. Um, I, I have desires, I have lust, I want to fight, I want to war, I want to do everything. And the last option in my life is if I can't figure it out, who do I go to? I go to God. Because he's my last option. I can't figure it out. God, I need you because I can't figure this out. And God's saying, why didn't you start with me in the first place? I shouldn't have been last. We've been talking about priorities, you know, for, for a, a month. Where does God go? He goes on where? The top. He's first. You got a problem? Go to God. Got a problem? Go to God. Have a problem? Go to God. But what we want to do is have a problem, exhaust all the options myself, go to God. Got a problem? Exhaust all the options. Go to God. Or exhaust all the options. I guess it doesn't work and go the other way. We don't even talk to God about it. We're like, well, I tried it. It didn't happen. All right. So now when I say about loophole, let's talk about loophole. Um, do you have my definition of a loophole? I gave that to you. Do you have my definition? Okay. If I was preacher, I could say, they're fired! <laughs> but I'm not preacher, so I'm not going to say that. Okay. I'll give you the definition of a loophole. Everybody knows what a loophole is, right? You ever heard of that? Maybe you find loopholes with your taxes? That's your deal. Whatever. Okay. Um, I will say this. I'm not paying the federal government one more dime than they deserve. Amen? Okay, never mind. Y'all, Okay. Uh, Y'all must be real generous, okay, with your, with your taxes. Um, all right, a loophole, a means of escape, especially an ambiguity or omission in the text through which the intent of the statute, contract, or obligation may be evaded, okay? So I have a responsibility, I have responsibility to do this, but if I find a loophole, I can get out. It is a means of my escape just to get out, just to get out. Now, here's why I say about do we sometimes give God a loophole? Tell me if you've ever prayed a prayer like this. God, I really, really want you to do this in my life. I'm believing that you're going to do this. But if your will be different, I'm okay with that as well. Now, I will say this. Don't, don't get me wrong. I know we need to pray in God's will. But I'm being honest with you. Sometimes I pray prayers and I kind of tack that on so that I'm like cool with God either way. <laughs> Anybody ever done that? Come on, I'm not the only carnal one here, okay? 
But sometimes we do that, don't we? We're like, I'm really praying because I want God to do this. And I kind of feel like this is, I mean, I know God can do everything, and he, you know, but this is really big, God, okay? So if you don't do this, if it be your will to do something different, I'm cool. But in the same sense, when, in that mentality, you know what we've just given God? A loophole. A loophole. We've said, you know what, God, I, I want to give you a means of escape. God's not looking for a loophole. He's not looking for a means of escape. He's not saying, boy, huh, I want to give that to him, but he did say about my will, so nah, I'm going to go over here. God's not over there doing that. I hope he's not, okay? God's not doing that, okay? Now, I will say this. I'm not saying that you cannot pray for God's will to be done because we want that to happen, okay? All right? I'm not talking about the physical prayer. I'm talking about the mentality, the mentality we have when we come to God in prayer. Sometimes we just don't believe God can do it, if we're being honest. Sometimes we just don't believe God can do it, so we say, you know what? I believe, but if it's not your will, I'm okay anyways, God. But let's, let's look at this example. How many of y'all believe that um, if Jesus dealt with something that probably um, he can relate to us a little bit, right? Okay, let's go with this. Matthew 26. Matthew 26, verse 36. Okay, Matthew 26, verse 36. Okay, it says, Then cometh Jesus with them unto the place called Gethsemane, and saith unto the disciples, Sit ye here, while I go and pray yonder. And he took with him Peter, and the two sons of Zebedee, and began to be, sor to be sorrowful and very heavy. Then saith he unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry ye here, and watch with me. And he went a little further, and fell on his faith, and prayed, saying, O my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. Now, okay, he's got the prayer, right? He says, let this cup pass from me, but thy will be done, okay? So you think, well, that's the end of it, right? Verse 40, and he comes to his disciples and find them asleep. And saith unto Peter, what, could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that you enter not in temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went out again the second time and prayed saying, oh, my father, if this cup may not pass away from me, except I drink it, thy will be done. Okay, he already prayed thy will be done, but Jesus is going back to the Father and saying, Lord, do this. Lord, do this. Your will be done, but Lord, do this. Do you see the determination in the sense of wanting that request to be answered? Okay, and, 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 and uh, 43, and he came and found them asleep again. For their eyes were heavy, and he left them and went again and prayed the third time, saying the same words. Three times. Take this cup from me. Take this cup from me. Take this cup from me. Then verse 45, Then cometh he to his disciples and saith unto them, Sleep on now and take your rest. Behold, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is betrayed under the hands of the sinner. Rise, let us be going. Behold, he is at hand that doth betray me. And at that point, Jesus realized... It's not going to pass. It's not going to pass. It's not going to pass for me. But he still went to the Father and said, let this cup pass for me. He was earnest. He didn't give up. He continued to pray. And when he felt like this is the, the will of the Father, he was cool with that. And I hope everybody in this room would agree that if the will of the Father is to do something different, hopefully you're cool with that. But we don't need to start at the front end trying to say, God, you know what? If you don't do it, 
No, be passionate about believing God, do this, do this. I have faith that you can. And I will say this, if we pray boldly and confidently and it doesn't happen, well, guess what? It wasn't in the will of God. (laughs) That's an easy one, right? I'm not saying you can't pray those prayers, but I want your focus to be on God do. And if he doesn't, that's okay. That wasn't a part of his will. But pray believing, have great faith, have great faith. So the question is, what do you need to ask God for? Knowing that, knowing that we should have great faith, that we should approach God believing that he can move. What have you, even, what have you not asked God for? What have you not asked God to do? What is the burden that's been on your heart that you've been trying to fix on your own and you just need God to move? What is that thing you need to go to God with and ask God to move in the situation? Because in that situation, you're showing great faith. You're showing what? Great faith. Go to God believing, asking him, God, do this, move in this situation. Do this, Lord. I believe you can do this. All right. So, what was the first thing? We, we need to show great faith in? Great faith in? Okay. And then we also need to show great faith in acting. Acting, okay? Turn over to Luke 5. Luke 5. Verse 17. Don't y'all love flipping around in your Bibles? Isn't that fun? Luke 5, verse 17. Very familiar story. All right, so if you're there, say amen. Amen. All right, and it came to pass on a certain day as he was teaching that there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by which were come out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Verse 18, and behold, men brought in a bed a man which was taken with a palsy and they sought means to bring him in and to lay him before him. And when they could not find by what way they might bring him in because of the multitude, they went upon the housetop and led him down through the, through the tilling with his couch into the midst of Jesus. And when he saw their faith, he said unto them, Man, thy sins are forgiven. Verse 20. And when he saw their faith. Saw their faith. Okay. Let's talk about this. Let's talk about this. Okay, here's the situation. I've got a, I've got a sick um, friend that I is to, sick to the point that I have to actually physically carry that individual. Um, and so probably I'm, I'm imagining my, my mind that there's one on each side. Maybe there's more. He may have been a heavier guy, maybe a lighter guy. But still, trying to carry a grown man, I don't think I could do it by myself, all right? So there's these friends. They're carrying them, all right? They go up. They're going to go into this place. They heard about this Jesus, and there's a bunch of people there. I can't even get in because of all the people. That was an obstacle, wasn't it? Wasn't it, right? Sometimes we see that situation. We say, oh, look, the, the need is so great, or there's so many people. I, I, I just don't know if my, my need or my issue is big enough for God, so I'll just I'll see him another day. Okay, that was one obstacle, right? All the people. I can't even get inside the building, Okay. Now, another physical obstacle he had 
was the physical weight of the friend, okay? You think it's tough carrying an individual this way? Now you're carrying him this way, <laughs> up to the housetop, all right? I had to carry some tables. I had to carry some tables upstairs because we had the teacher institute, and they're, they're eight-foot tables, and the, the, the white top, all that kind of stuff. It is really easy to carry that table like this. I can do it. I mean, you know, I can muscle it up. I had to take it upstairs. Okay. It's, it's, when you go upstairs with some weight on you, it, it's, it's more of a challenge, okay? It's an exponential challenge, all right? <laughs> it was easy here. It was extremely difficult to get it up the stairs, all right? Now, Nicky Joe could have probably had like three or four of them on his back and, you know, running up there, doing a couple laps, whatever. But, you know, I work out, but I don't work out like Nicky Joe. So, um, but the physical weight of the friend, and I would, and like I said, I think it got worse as it got up to the roof. And then also, think about this. You're in that meeting, you're in the meeting, well, okay, we're here, and somebody starts cutting the roof. Well, who do they think they are? Cutting the roof. And maybe, maybe we, we, were, we were packed out. It was Easter Sunday service. And you got here really early to get your seat. And they're laying this guy down right here on the stage. And you're way back there going, wait a second. Why is he getting right here? What makes him so special? And those are crazy people right there. They're cutting in the roof. <laughs> okay, and there's a man floating down. Whoa. All right. But there were some ridicule. There were some obstacles. There were some obstacles that these guys faced. But how many of these obstacles deterred the friends from getting him to Jesus? None of them. None of them. None of these obstacles deterred him from getting their friend to Jesus. And Jesus didn't move and Jesus didn't do anything with this physical man until he saw their he didn't look at the situation and go, sick of the palsy, he needs healing. His focus was not on the need. His focus was on the fact that these guys have faith that I can heal this man. They believed. They believed, okay? Now, now let me say this. This is what I think acting like faith usually looks like. Um, I'm going to take a chair. Follow me. Cameraman love, hate this stuff. All right. Take my chair. All right, we're going to talk about this chair for a little bit. Anybody see that chair over there? Yes? This is yes. This is no. Can we see the chair? Okay, everybody's like, it's on the screen, Buchanan. We can see the chair. All right, I understand that. It makes me feel better, all right? We're going to talk about the chair. Now, here's what I need. I need a volunteer. Wait before you raise your hand because everybody loves volunteering in church. All right? I need a volunteer that you can almost guarantee that I don't know you. I don't know your name. I've probably never met you. You've probably been coming to church here for about a year, and you're just offended because I haven't come and shook your hand yet. Whatever it is. But I need somebody that you are dead set that you know I would not know you personally. Raise your hand. Come on. You want me to pick you out? <laughs> That's going to look really weird. I know you. Sorry. You've come through foundations. Yeah, congratulations. Everybody should go through foundations. Come on. Nobody, you th everybody, y'all all know me. Facebook friends, the whole deal. All right. I need a man. I'm sorry. 
All right, come on up, sir. All right, we got some time. Let's go ahead and give it up for our volunteer. All right, now here's the deal. Get out. No. <laughs> you can stay down there. I mean, you can come up here, whatever you want to do. <laughs> like, you're the volunteer. Come on. <laughs> All right. But here's the deal. Um, there's, a, there's a guy right there. His name is Donnie Lawrence. Follow him. Okay. Please. Wherever you want to go. I have control, but I'm just not taking it, okay? Follow him, okay? And we're going to talk about them in just a minute. Actually, we're going to talk about them when they leave, all right? Isn't that the way you do it? <laughs> y'all so holy. You're like, y'all don't talk about people on their back. Whatever. All right, so here's, here's, here's the chair situation, okay? When I look at faith, when I look at faith, sometimes I, I, my faith looks like how I'm going to respond to this chair, okay? God's heart desire for my life is for me to sit in this chair right here, okay? So God has told me to sit in the chair. So here's how I would approach it. I've got to look at the chair. Got to touch the chair. Actually, I touched it a little too quickly. Maybe just kind of touch the chair. God's asked me to do this, but I've got to touch the chair, all right? Okay, now I see there's legs on this, but that doesn't mean anything. So we flip over the chair. Did y'all know there was stuff on the back of these chairs? 1-800-647-7725. You have a problem with your chair, okay? <laughs> all right, I'm going to make sure that every leg works on this chair. And we'll, we'll, instead of saying just the chair, we'll say, I want to make sure that this is, God has told me to do something, asked me to do something, so I'm just checking out what God has asked me to do. God wants me to sit in this chair. You want me to sit on the whole thing, God? The whole chair? Well, I'll check this side out first. Okay. I'm a part of it, God. A little more than that was. Sit on the whole chair. Why don't I gotta sit on the chair, God? The whole chair? All right, I sat. Are you happy? Okay, all right. I sat in the chair. I sat in the chair. All right. This is this is how we how we uh, approach faith sometimes, don't we? God God asked me to do something, but I've gotta check everything out. I can, uh, God, uh, okay. You want me to go to Zimbabwe? I'll go down the street. <laughs> I will go right down the street. I won't talk to my neighbors, but I'll walk down the street. I'll do it. That's funny. I don't care who you are. Okay. All right, this is what faith needs to look like. Come on, my volunteers. My volunteers. Y'all are walking so slow, I got to get some more water. 
They, they just go anywhere they want to. I thought they were going to come up here. They go over there. Where are you going? All right, so I'm going to talk about this. Y'all do what y'all need to do, okay? And I really want you facing this direction, if you can tell. <laughs> okay? Facing that direction. No, fa- I'm sorry, facing this direction. <laughs> facing this direction, okay? <laughs> right, left, yeah, gotcha. Okay. Look for the L, gotcha. Okay, here we go. All right, this is what faith should look like, Okay? Let's try that one more time. Make sure you understand how faith should look, okay? <laughs> I don't know. I felt like I was going farther than I wanted to, though. Uh, now, you can give me a little bit more. Here we go. Let's do a really dramatic effect. Okay. All right. Thank you. Th- well, stay right here. Stay right here. Okay. Now, here's the deal. I should have told you all this. Volunteer. By, by the way, I have met you. I don't remember your name, but I have met you. <laughs> Remind me of your name? Jeff. Jeff, okay. So, um, Jeff, now we're really good friends, so you can never be a volunteer again. Okay. But this is Jeff. Um, hopefully, all of y'all know Donnie, Donnie Lawrence, okay? Here's the deal. I didn't know Jeff. Now, that's called a trust fall. A trust fall. It takes a lot of. Okay. Jeff, I really don't know you that well. Um, I mean, we've had one conversation. We had right there at that door, you remember. Um, been coming to Temple how long? Six, eight months. Six, eight months, okay. Uh, Donnie. I know Donnie very, very, very well. Um, uh, Donnie did a one-on-one discipleship with me. Uh, Donnie, is, uh, Donnie is a life group leader. Uh, Donnie served in different capacities in, in, in my personal ministry. He plays the bass now, so I get to see him. He just don't, he don't help as much as he used to. Um, but that's okay. <laughs> but um, I'm, uh, how long have you been coming to Temple? Since 98. Okay, so we'll, we'll do the math. All right, there we go. I came in 2003. All right, so I've known Donnie for 12 years, okay? Where's the trust? More trust would be over here, correct? All right, now what I didn't tell you what Donnie is, Donnie represents Jesus. Donnie represents Jesus. When it comes to being faith and acting in faith, we want to look at the situation, not, sorry, (laughs) the situation, the method, the assignment, what God is asking us to do, we're looking at all the tangible things that God is asking us to do. But it's not the fact of, of what God is asking us to do, but who is asking us to do it. And when I realized that, that God or Jesus or the Holy Spirit, you can be three in one, okay? When I realized that it's the trust I'm putting in Him, it's not about what He asked me to do, it's about the person asking me to do it, because when they went back there, I, before he, he's the one who told him how to do the trust fall. Jeff, I'm going to keep telling myself that, okay? He's the one that told him how to do the trust fall. But I wasn't relying on Jeff to catch me. I was relying on Donnie, who gave him the assignment to catch me. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay, y'all go, y'all have a seat. Have a seat. So... Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all mine heart. Lean not unto thy own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not on thy own understanding. But in that situation, if I was leaning on my own understanding, this is where I would have stayed. 
I wouldn't have fell, fall, fell. I can't even say it. I wouldn't have fallen, okay? Because I didn't know. I didn't know if Jeff ever did this before. I didn't know if Jeff even liked me. You know, I, there's a lot of factors in that situation. I was worried about Donnie too, but I felt like, you know, I'm on stage. He's not going to let me fall, okay? But I would have stayed right here, right? If I was leaning on my own understanding. But I'm not leaning on my own understanding. I'm putting my trust and my faith in the Lord. And when I acknowledge him, he's going to direct my path. So now the question is, what do you need to act upon? What is God asking you to do that you need to act upon? Is there a friend or family member that God is saying, you know what, you need to talk to them about salvation. You need to, you need to sit down and have a real conversation about salvation. Is God saying to you, you know what, you've been sitting too long. It's time for you to serve in some capacity. Figure out something. I don't know what my gifting is. We can help you with that. I promise you, okay? I don't, I, I don't know if I even like where I serve. That's fine. You can try that. If you don't like it, we got 75 other things you can do around here, okay? But is that what God is asking you to do? You know what? I need to serve. I need to step out and do. Maybe it's something greater than that. Maybe God's saying, you know what? I want you to move over here or become a missionary there or serve in a ministry in another way or start a, a ministry on my own. Whatever it is, what is God asking you to act upon that's going to take great faith it's going to take great faith now i'm going to tell a story i got some time so we'll we'll um take our time with this um i told y'all at the beginning of the message that i've really been this has been kind of stirring in my heart um since the first of the year and and i had a, a problem an issue uh, a need that i needed god uh to take care of and i will tell you it's a financial need now, I don't know if you can relate to me, but I got financial needs, all right? Probably some of you all can agree with that, right? Got financial needs. Um, it was right before Christmas, which is a horrible time to have a financial need, all right? It was not that I couldn't buy Christmas presents. It was a real need. Um, but we, it was right around Christmas time, and you know when you're, something's going to happen with your car, it's, if you have two vehicles, it's like they happen at the same exact time, okay? When it rains, it pours. And so um, it had been getting a little bad, um, but my wife's tires were getting close to being bald, not, not completely there, but getting close to being bald. Um, when your wife, you know, you're on the phone with her and it's raining and she's screaming because she's sliding, you're like, oh, maybe we need to get some new tires. So in the process of that, um, uh, I look and you know what? She don't need just new tires. Guess who else needs new tires? This guy, Okay. And I've got a truck, so I know that's a little bit more expensive. Um, so I have this need. How are we going to make this happen? Whatever. Well, I, I will say this. This was a cool thing, but I, I had a, a, a friend uh, that came up to me and says, hey, I've got some tires for you. Uh, and I said, uh, how much you want for them? And they said, I want $600 for them. And I said, bless your heart. Enjoy those tires, okay? Because <laughs> I didn't have $600. <laughs> didn't have it. <laughs> uh, but he said, you know what? Get the tires, put them on your truck, pay me when you can. So I had a little, you know, plan of, you know, maybe when income tax time comes around, February, March, I'll be able to pay back the tires, whatever. I was still hesitant. Um, actually, somebody met me and physically put the tires on my vehicle because I wouldn't take the tires. Um, when God wants to bless you, just take the blessing, okay? But, but it still bothered me. I'm, I'm completely debt-free except for my house. 
I don't like to owe anybody, anybody anything. Um, I don't like to ask for money. Uh, my, my, we were very, I shouldn't say poor, but it was a single mom situation. We didn't have a lot of money, and I just, I just didn't want to ask. And so, uh, you know, we, we, okay, now I've got tires on my vehicle. Well, that doesn't help my wife. Uh, so we actually got um, uh, a $500 check, um, a Christmas check, $500. I'm like, wow, that's nice. Um, somebody does love me and my family, okay? And so I'm like, hey, these can get put tires on my wife's car. Well, first of the year, I get the flu, both kids get the flu, and something else tears up on our car. Guess what? $500? Gone. Not there anymore. So, so I've, I've, I've got a $600 tire debt over here, interest-free, thankfully, okay, that I've got to figure out. And then I've got a four, about $400 worth of tires that I need to be putting on my wife's um, vehicle, and I don't know how it's going to happen. And so I'm reading through Luke 1, Luke 2, Luke 3, Luke 4, Luke 5. I get to Luke 5, and I say, man, Jesus was really amazed by their faith. I wonder if there's something to that. Then I read Luke 6, and then I read Luke 7. And you have the centurion who's just saying, you know what, you don't have to come into my house. Just don't come to my house. I don't have to come to you. Just by your word. Just by your word, I believe it'll be done. So I sat down, and maybe you've been like me before. You know what? I'm going to throw this prayer up. <laughs> I hope it happens. <laughs> I believe you can do it, God. And God, I have a need. I don't, want to, I don't want to owe for these tires, and I really want to put tires on my wife's car. God, can you provide for that need? Now, if you're all the math majors in here, $600 and $400 equals what? $1,000. But you know what? I'm going to ask God in faith. God, I need $1,000. I need $1,000 to be able to provide tires free and clear for my wife and my vehicle. The next morning, excuse me, the seventh, I read that morning, I read Luke 7. I pray, God, I need $1,000 to pay for these tires. Nine o'clock, I'm, I'm, I was running wires. We're in the middle of the construction with the construction stuff, so I'm running wires. I'm in the top bathroom up there. <laughs> That's a bad place to be, but when you get a phone call, um, you can answer where you can, okay? I wasn't in the bathroom using the bathroom, okay? <laughs> I know all y'all just went there. I was running wires over the bathroom ceiling. So I get a phone call from an individual, and he, and he says, I need to meet you out in the parking lot. When somebody, a man calls you and says he needs to meet you out in the parking lot, like, oh my gosh, he's going to beat the snout out of me, okay? <laughs> I was going to say the other word, but snot came out, <laughs> which is better, okay? Um, and it was not what you thought it was, okay? I was going to say the C word, all right? Go, use your imagination. Um, but he said, he's a little bit older, so I thought I could take him, but I didn't know, okay? So uh, he says, you know what, I need, to, I, I need to meet you out in the parking lot. So I go out there, and, uh, and he looks at me, and he said, God told me to bless you this morning. And hands me an envelope, gets in his car and drives away. I walk back in the building. I'm going up the stairs, going back to my bathroom, then I'm running wires, and I open the envelope, and there's a $1,000 check in it. 
And, the, and he said to me, God told me to do that this morning. I prayed to God believing, having great faith that he could do it. And God answered my prayer. Now I prayed for a million dollars the next day. <laughs> and it didn't show up. And my faith went from here all the way down to here. No, I'm just kidding. No. But, and, and let me say this. I did the, I, 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 I showed great faith in asking. Because I really, and I, I was being funny about it, you kind of throw it or whatever. I really did believe. God do this. God do this. If you didn't do it, I knew it was outside of his will. But God do this. Do this. Um, and, and, and here's the deal. That was the asking part. But it took great faith on that individual's part to act upon it. Because there have been times where God has laid on my heart to do certain things, and I looked at my situation, I said, God, I just can't do that. I couldn't physically see how that was going to happen, how, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm ashamed to say this, but sometimes God says, be an, be an encouragement and a blessing to this individual, and I said, I can't do it right now, God. But it took great faith to act in the sense of that God specifically put my name on this individual's heart and a specific amount of money to give me. And it was over here that God was answering that request. And I will say in both those situations, both our faith was elevated. Because I, I received the blessing, but he was able to be a part of the blessing and act upon what God had asked him to do. So, with that said, what it all boils down to, I, got, I had you two points, okay? Great faith in, and great faith in, great faith in acts, asking, great faith in acting. What do you need to ask God for? What do you need to do that God's asking you to do and be obedient to him? What do you want to do? But here's the bottom line, and this should be an easy, easy thing to remember. Shall I put my bottom line? Did you get that, Barry? Oh, man, you're two for two, buddy. Okay. <laughs> Here's your bottom line. Whether you ask or act in all, have great faith. Whether you ask or act in all, have great faith. Say that one more time. Whether an ask or act in all, have great faith. Now you are getting it. Let's do it one more time. Okay. Whether you ask or act in all, have great faith. Now let's make it personal. Whether I ask or act in all, have great faith. Have great faith. Now here's the deal, and this is the way it always works with me. Whether it's a, it's a situation with the Bible or a situation with a message, I cannot, this cannot even be on my radar screen when I come into a service. And I come into a service and I hear a truth. And what does God do that exact week? He challenges us in that thing, doesn't he? I, when, when he was talking about priorities, it seemed like I had to make choices. I had to really make choices. What was going to be a priority? Was God coming first? Was my spouse coming second? Was my kids coming third? Was my work coming there? And then my ministry. I, had to, I was challenged as I was And honestly, in some situations, I think I did well. And in other situations, I didn't do too well. But now you know the truth in the sense of being able to 
ask or act in great faith. So this week, God's going to challenge you. I'm warning you. God's going to challenge you. You're going to have a need, and God's going to say, ask me in great faith and see what I'll do. God's going to ask you to do something, and you're going to have to act, and he's going to say, act in great faith, believing that I have a plan and I have a purpose, and don't lean on your own understanding, but acknowledge me, and I will direct your paths. Amen? Uh, I'm going to pray. Don't go anywhere because I need to tell you where to pick up your kids. Um, But I hope this was an encouragement to you and a blessing to you. Um, If it wasn't, uh, keep it to yourself. If it was, tell everybody, all right? (laughs) All right, let's pray. Lord, I thank you for this day. Lord, I'm so, so thankful that you speak to us. Lord, in a personal way. Lord, this came out of what you helped me personally in my life at the beginning of the year, and I want to constantly thank you for um, being a blessing and and meeting a need that I had. Lord, I know I show great faith, but without you, there's no such thing as faith. I have to have faith in you. You're the great one. You're the one who can do all these things. And Lord, I'm thankful for the individual that you laid on their heart to be a blessing to me. Lord, they're willing to act in great faith. And Lord God, whatever in the situation, whatever we need to ask you for believing or whatever we need to start doing that you've already been telling us to do, Lord, in all those things that we would have, great faith. Lord, I'm so thankful for what you're going to do this week, how you're going to move. Give us confidence and boldness to do what you're asking us to do, to believe that you can answer our prayers. Lord, we're thankful for Temple Baptist Church. Lord, we're thankful again for our pastor and how he leads us. And Lord, we just pray that you'd be an amazing blessing to this church and namely, Lord God, the people of this church, Lord God. Let us go out into this world and be an encouragement and a blessing to someone else. Lord, we love you. We thank you. Pray all these things in your wonderful name. Amen. Stay right where you are. Stay right where you are.